Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. Episode number two. For 2020? Yeah, 2020. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're working with here. It's so Uh, weird, right? 2020? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So we're back in the studio uh, with this next podcast. We're going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer and what that looks like, uh, obviously, in life and then more specifically in our counseling rooms as counselors with our counselees. Shauna, how are we doing? Great. Yeah. Jeremy? Doing really good. I know, right? Like that changed from five minutes ago when we did our last podcast, right? How old is your Bible? How long have you had that Bible? Yeah, you got a lot of notes in that thing. I'm not sure. You were reading it in the last podcast and I'm thinking, dang, that Bible's like been read i've had huh? it for a while yeah yeah that's good yeah what's that, that never one. mind there was a spurgeon quote where it's like a worn out bible has like a filled soul or something like that mm-hmm. i totally warped that one but it's kind of filled like, yes when i read the bible <laughs> yeah it looks like there's a whole lot of soul all over that bible yeah. with all the that's good there's like 20 different colors in there with pens that yeah. you just whatever was available mm-hmm. when you're it looks like you. a good size bible like i tote this big favorite. old study yeah. bible around it's so heavy and that one's just Good, clean, all your notes in it. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, it's because you got to have that study Bible. I love my study Bible. Yeah. So he just has the word with the chain reference. The one time I I, I left, I lost my Bible. It, I had a, like, it was literally a heartache. Yeah. I was actually grieving. It was no, really I remember. Difficult. And I made the terrible mistake of thinking I was doing something nice for you by purchasing technically the same study Bible, but it was an ESV instead of her. You had an NASB, I oh, think. Oh, it was different. It was completely yeah, different. Yeah, see. I mean, wrong translation, wrong color leather. Right. In other words, it wasn't my Bible. Right. And you tried to fabricate something that was resembling it. Yeah. You know, and it was a huge fail. I'm like, I think I'm excited, like giving it to her. And she's like, Mm. (laughs) she guys started crying because it was like the reminder of like, I lost my favorite. Is that weird though? Or is that bad that I I got attached to something? It's still a physical object. If there's anything to get attached to. It's definitely this. I know, but yeah. there's, you know, scripture so, is on your heart. A cool story. <laughs> Way back when ABC first started, yeah. like um, probably 2007-ish, uh, I had uh, Dr. David Pallison come to our church at Fort Worth Prez, um, and I picked him up at the at his hotel, drove him to the church, a uh, very small crowd, but he, he did an awesome talk on depression, and I rushed him back to his hotel because he was having to go somewhere else to meet. Anyway... Uh, he gets back on the plane, goes home the next day, and I get an email from him, and he had left his Bible in my truck. Oh, man. And uh, he, he I, looked, I looked at that Bible, and you talk about a Bible. There, Every margin was just crammed with his notes. Every uh, single, on every I would have made page. a photocopy of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Finn, I'll, I'll lost it. Next it. week, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he wrote me and said, that is a very important Bible to me. Please make yeah. sure you get it. So I emailed it, and that was actually the Bible that they, they actually put it on display oh, during his uh, wow. funeral. Yeah. Wow. Man, what a moment I'm sure that was for you to remember that mm-hmm. like, and see that again. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. So, yep. David Pollison passed, speaking of 2019. So right in your Bible. Yeah. I passed. And mm-hmm. um, what a legacy for his legacy. family. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Sure. A lot of, lot of truth and knowledge and wisdom, uh, helpful stuff mm-hmm. in there for sure. Um, so today again, focusing on prayer as spiritual discipline. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast on the spiritual discipline of studying scripture, knowing scripture, how to study that sort of thing, uh, I would encourage you to do that and check that out. And cause we reference some of what we're going to be talking about in that podcast as well. So, uh, starting out, I wanted to, with this idea of prayer, 
Jesus's disciples where um, they're basically asking him to pray. Uh, and so I wanted to kind of set uh, really the context for our discussion here on prayer and, and how we how we approach that. Um, so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 through 13, um, and Jesus is saying, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I know a lot of us have, you know, I mean, they even read this in, I think, in, in 12 steps even, right? Um, they, they read this at the, I think, at the end of every session or whatever. But um, And then even within Christians, we, we know the Lord's Prayer. But so I'm saying that to say that a lot of times we overlook a lot of what's in here. And so I think mm. when it comes to the context of counseling and helping our counselees um, prayer, like establishing a, a, a praying life, here's just a couple of observations just really quick in really verses nine through 13 is that Jesus is first calling God father. That's a huge deal, right? I mean, for a lot of our counselees who have, you know, have really struggled with, you know, their earthly families, fathers specifically, that's a huge deal. And then not only that, not only is he father, but he's King. So he has authority and there's, there's something to say in our lives and he's provider, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And then he's forgiver. Forgive us our debts as, you know, as we forgive others. So he's forgiver. And then lastly, in verse 13, he's deliverer. And I think oftentimes when our counselees are coming into a session and we're looking at how are we, you know, I'm, I would imagine, um, well, I know Shauna and Jeremy, I don't, I don't know uh, with your practice, but for, for me, I always, I think there's only been a couple times I forgot because I got distracted, but uh, I always start with prayer. Like even before I know the specifics of what they're wanting to actually talk about, mm-hmm. I'm starting with prayer because I, I, you know, obviously as biblical counselors, that's, that's the time that we're entering into truth and asking the Lord for wisdom and asking the Holy Spirit, who is the counselor, right? To, to do a work in our time together, because there's nothing that we technically can produce, no matter what we give them as far as homework, no matter what we give them to do. It has to be started with prayer because that's the that's where the work's done. So that's why it's such a huge deal uh, in the counseling room uh, to, to start with prayer. Uh, any initial thoughts just in, in, in reading that, guys? I think you're exactly right in terms of opening in prayer is actually a, serves many purposes, but one of the things that it serves is it models to our clients our mutual dependence. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. This is about the Lord and we need his help. We yep. need his guidance. We need his discernment. We need his wisdom. And so it puts him center stage in the process. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's really and good. obviously just, you know, being in adoration of the Lord, just being in awe of who he is, you know, beginning the prayer of, of knowing who you're praying to. That's why I also like how he starts out with father. I'm not just talking to anyone here, you know, but I'm talking to God. And the fact that we even can have that conversation with God is because of Jesus Christ. So there's just so much fruit, like the the privilege and the honor and even how we, the fact that we even get to pray is is amazing, right? Yeah. God's grace. Yeah. And so um, really wanting, you know, and prefacing our discussion in prayer with, you know, rooted with the scripture, you know, as counselors, we want to use prayer as, as homework. Um, and again, kind of like we, uh, we discussed in, in our last episode, oftentimes in, in counseling, um, 
many of many of my counselees they don't really have a prayer life um and then even in my uh my marriage uh counseling sessions you know they don't pray together you know they they may have individual prayer lives but they're not bringing things together uh prayerfully and so you know, as, as part of homework where we'll actually do real time, like we'll have them pray with each other. And, you know, after, at this point, we've already discussed what's going on. And if there's things that need to be forgiven, if they're, you know, all of that's brought before the father, you know, in, in Jesus's name. And so modeling that with them mm. and for them allows them to, to hopefully build. Um, and, and really I've had a few couples in mind and talking about it where all I did for three or four weeks was their homework was just to simply practice those things. Mm because they were so individualistic in the way that they operated as a family that when it comes to spiritual disciplines, like you, you know, being one, what scripture calls a man and a woman in, in, in that marital context, they have to be able to have or share some, some level of spiritual intimacy. And I mean, they were, they didn't have, you know, it, relational intimacy, physical intimacy, a lot of those uh, dynamics of intimacy were missing. So let alone like knowing, Look, in order to in order to revive those things, we have to have the spiritual intimacy, which starts with prayer. And um, and all of us struggle with prayer. I mean, that's why it's always such a hot topic because it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a practice that uh, experiences amnesia. I think quite mm-hmm. a bit. So mm-hmm. yeah. So any any thoughts, just experiences with with counselees that you that y'all have had, where the, like this had specifically come up. Uh, just on specific on prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think recently. Um, we we were walking and talking about prayer and and they and they had said you know i've been i've been praying for these things for for years and you know we continued to talk and one of the things that the lord revealed in that session was the the belief of the prayer like actually believing in the prayer and so it was almost like you can kind of get into a ritual like i'm just doing it to do it but am i actually again starting out with father knowing who you're praying to knowing who literally has the power, right? Who's all knowing, you know, why would we ever try to figure anything out our, our, on our own? Yeah. Because God is all knowing, like he literally knows everything. So to think about the fruit of prayer is, is essential. And so, you know, one of the things that this could maybe be helpful for a counselor or pastor out there is, is just defining the difference between belief and faith. You know, even the enemy believes, but the faith is, is really just kind of that walking out. Yeah, his faith is hatred, exactly. not love. Yeah. yeah. And so I use, an analogy um, in uh, the for when I taught First John last year at our church of saying that belief is is kind of like a parachute. You know, you believe in the parachute, you understand what the parachute is about, what it's going to do for you. You know, you can you can believe in it so much that you allow your kids to jump out of the airplane or your husband to jump out of the airplane. But really what that where the faith comes in is when I strap that parachute to my back and I actually jump out of the plane, that's when I'm pu- fully trusting the object of that faith. Object. which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, sometimes are we just praying ritually, just saying things, or are we actually believing in what we're saying that God is all powerful, all knowing that that he is at work and that I can then from that prayer literally have peace and comfort and joy and trust because I'm having faith and trusting in the Lord's work. Mm. So I get to walk out of that prayer. Does that make sense? It's not just something to do. Yeah. It's something I get to live through because of what Jesus did for us. Right. And that, well, that's, what's interesting. Kind of how you just phrased that is that's actually what Jesus, you know, in contrast, telling them not how to pray like the Gentiles do. 
with their many words, it's like empty words. So it's just, they, you know, they feel like repetition is what accomplishes the answering of that prayer instead of where Jesus is saying, no, it's not that it's, it's trusting God, knowing the father, cause he already knows what you need. So it's, you know, cause then that kind of, you know, well, if they, if God knows what I need, why, why do I need to pray? But the reality is it's not begging that question. It's, it's really asking the question, do you believe back to your point? Do you trust in who you're praying to? Like mm. he is, he can do it to the point where Jesus modeled the reality of what you're saying is father, he's King, he's provider, he's forgiver and deliverer. Right. Like, like cognizantly speaking, are, are we entering into that moment realizing like that's where that reposturing goes into. And I was, you know, starting at the beginning of the podcast, where we we're just talking about like, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm not thinking of God as provider, forgiver, deliverer. Mm-hmm. If we're all being honest, we all have those days. Mm-hmm. And that's why prayer is essential to help reposture my heart. And no matter what our circumstances are, like that is true. Right. right. Like that, that's unchanging. Right. We're the ones changing. And so, you know, it, you know, it even goes to a different level of, you know, first, just back to first John, cause now that's on my mind. Cause it's something I taught, you know, all through the fall, but you know, he says, keeping my commandments, obeying my commandments. So even these things on how we get to, to lit like the fruit and what we get to do and, and what the Lord produces in our life, like the privilege of, of what that is, we can't do that without prayer. Like if we're not praying, we're walking in our own will, right? So it's, it's like that prayer is so essential, not only just to have the right posture and how we're starting out and being in adoration of God, believing, having the faith and the trust and what it takes to, to walk that out, but we can't walk it out if we're not going to the Holy Spirit to give us that direction, right? That wisdom, that path. And so I'm think sometimes I, I, I wonder, or no, I see this. At the end of the day, this is what happens is, is prayer becomes ritual, when you say spiritual discipline, oh, I need to be praying more. Oh, I need to do the ACTS acronym, which is a beautiful acronym. I love that acronym. But the idea is it becomes like a process versus like remembering and reminding ourselves the importance of prayer. Like even if in, in Paul in First um, Thessalonians, you know, chapter five, when he's given the final instructions, what does he say in verse 16 and 17 and 18? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. It's not just sometimes, it's literally without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, so prayer is literally like that quote we mentioned, I guess, in another podcast we should have looked up, but it's literally as, as essential as breathing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That Piper quote. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I got I'll a put, little fire. I'll put it in then, these show notes too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Just for, just for reference and yeah, it's a beautiful context thing. for everybody. Anyway. So it's just, it's just prayer is just such an exciting and powerful thing that, that we have literally at our I don't know. It's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and, and quite honestly, as I'm saying this, I'm convicted myself because I, I still don't do it enough, you know? Yeah. And I, I get distracted for sure. Yeah. Well, and it kind of less of what you were saying about, you know, the discipline piece. Um, when we use the word discipline, it can kind of, again, feel dutiful and like, it's mm-hmm. just a, like mm-hmm. a regiment thing where in, in a sense, it's almost like, okay, I know how to ride a bike, but I feel like I need to put the training wheels back on in order to like do it right. <laughs> it's like no it, it, it's just an aid it's it's to help you along till you get to that particular point to where it now it's natural and it becomes a relationship mm-hmm. you know yes. what i mean yeah um so kind of like what training wheels accomplish in riding learning to ride a bike because that if you know with the kids and i remember even riding a bike too it's like you know you got the training wheels on you you, have, you don't have a feel for it yet like 
not, I'm not saying we have a, a relationship with an inanimate object. That's not what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> there is like this dynamic of like, okay, I like, I'm feel, like, I, I know how to move on the bike. I feel like, you know, it becomes, it, be, it becomes one in a sense. And so just kind of a, a, a silly illustration to point out like prayerfully, like that's our realignment mm-hmm. with, with the father. So mm-hmm. any, any final thoughts on that, Jeremy? So going back a few years, but I think it's, it's worth noting if listeners want to get a good little book on uh, the Lord's Prayer, there was a book called The Prayer of Jesus by Hank Hanegraaff, and it was his. He does a great exposition of the Lord's Prayer. It's a very brief read, but he's also comparing that prayer to what at that time was a very popular prayer going around. An, another book called The Prayer of Jabez. Oh yeah, and he just does a good job of saying the prayer of Jabez the way we're using it is not the way it needs to be used according to the scriptures. You know, it was, yeah. Thomas Watson has a good one too. The Lord's prayer. It was kind of a pop psychology kind of thing, but the prayer of Jesus, if folks want to get a, a, even that would be great for counselees to read and just kind of verse by verse, he unpacks it. And, uh, we should something? do that. No, we should put some of our book recommendations. I'll send you some of my favorites. Yeah. Well, the show I, notes because I think having those in the counseling rooms, you know, to pass off would be really good or just for our counselors to read. Yeah. There's some good Puritan books, like some of the more digestible ones mm-hmm. um, that do a really good job of uh, really, like you said, Jeremy, um, really doing a good exposition on, on what that looks like. Um, and so in closing, really, you know, f- for our, for our counselors, Making sure again that um, we're focusing on prayer, not just obviously as counselors praying with our counselees, but helping them realize that everything and everything that we're trying to give them as far as homework and whatever their their circumstances and situations are that they're trying to work through their issues, all of that has to be rooted in prayer. Mm-hmm. And as 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 counselors, we we have to help them first. We need to you know in our in our process of data gathering, we need to make sure that you know we're focused part of our data gathering needs to be kind of rooted in this, uh, in these, in these spiritual disciplines, because that's what ultimately cultivates our, our counselees because our time with them is short to begin with. And it's more about what they're doing outside of the counseling room than it is in what they're doing inside the counseling room. And so just using that as, as a tool, I think the spiritual disciplines, um, is, is greatly needed. And I think, uh, oftentimes sorely, uh, oversighted and assumed and, and it's, so just a, just a helpful reminder to our, to our counselors out there. Just really quick though, yeah. I would, I would, you know, in speaking to that, you, you made me think of something of in the counseling room, you know, obviously I can get fired up and want to teach on prayer and just, you know, just deliver my heart and where I'm at. But oftentimes, you know, that's not where they are. And so you got to meet them where they are. So like you said, data gathering, you know, that's, that's where you would start as a counselor is you would ask them what's their understanding of prayer. How often do they pray? What yeah. are some of the things that they've experienced through their time in prayer? And really gather kind of where they're at because we can speak to all these, di- you know, I could we could speak to even just what we've all talked about today and we're not really meeting them where they are, right? So it's about taking what they've learned through this podcast and their study in prayer as a counselor, but making sure that you do the data gathering. I love that you said that because you should, you really should meet the person where they are, take time to get to know them, ask them questions, hear their heart, their struggles on prayer, what that looks like versus just saying you need to do this. And then give them one little nugget out of all these beautiful things of why prayer is important and 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 just encourage them in that. 
I do think the ACTS acronym is, is a good way to start with someone who really doesn't or hasn't developed a, pr- a healthy prayer life yet. So if you don't know that, we can put that in the show notes, but that's ACTS, which is A for adoration, C for confession, you know, tell them, you know, bring them to First John 1, 9, show them what confession is, what true, uh, what that really looks like and walk them through that in a counseling room if you yeah. need to. You know, the T is for Thanksgiving, obviously rejoicing in the Lord always and in all circumstances giving thanks. So even just keeping, I love to keep a list of things that I'm just grateful for. It shows how the Lord has been working in my life. It's reminded me as I, as I, you know, a year later, you look back on the year and you're just like, you can, for, you can easily forget some of the things. And so keeping some type of blessings journal and praying over that once a week or every single day, I think is a beautiful thing. And then obviously the S is supplication wherein, you know, the Lord and or Paul in Philippians says, you know, make your request known, you know, that's a petition, like write that out. Don't make all your supplications is what I encourage my counselees to be like, Lord, do this, Lord, do that, you know, like a practical worldly horizontal, but also prayers of what they're kind of seeing in the Psalms and, and, um, Lord, your will be done, you know, Lord, give me wisdom and direction. So it's not always how I see it, but making that petition of the Lord to align my desires with his, right? Give me direction, things like that. So I don't know if you'll have any feedback on that, but I think that our counselors and pastors could, if you don't know about that acronym or something similar, I think giving them a practical how-to and letting them, meeting them where they are, right? So asking questions, meeting them where they are, giving them that encouragement and excitement about what prayer really is and, and how fruitful it is in our life. And then giving them a practical how-to of how to implement it within that night or the week until we see them again. And then re-ask them the same questions you asked them before. Yeah, that's how part of the homework. That's just yeah. like, that's a supplemental yeah. piece of homework. Yeah, and you know what? You might not feel or have a particular experience in prayer. What, you know, actually, that's one of the things, one of my, I remember hearing in women's ministry all the time where they would say, um, I hear all these stories of my girlfriends praying and they have these experiences with the Lord and I'm not having that. And it's really discouraged them in their prayer life because they felt like prayer should feel a certain way. Does that, have you ever had that? And so that's one of the things to try to eliminate those things. Don't go in the prayer expecting anything or wanting to feel a particular way. Just go to the Lord. Right. Um, so I think having any types of those honest conversations in the counseling room, uh, allows, um, maybe more of the breaking down the barriers and not having any expectations when you're going to the Lord in that way, except obviously believing that he's at work and already at work. Yeah, it's good. Jeremy, any, any final thoughts? You no, good? Great. Okay, great. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for listening. And again, we want to encourage you to go to our website at speakthetruth.org uh, for just uh, resources. Uh, everything that we listen in our shows, we we put that in the show notes and our website. And then go to topics at speakthetruth.org if you want us to talk about something specific. We'll see you next time.